You're listening to the John DePietro Show. All right, let's go to some sound. Starting with Elon Musk, who went to Israel and very, very outspoken. And I like what he's saying. Listen to uh, um, Elon Musk. A day, I would say an emotionally difficult day uh, to see the places where people were murdered. I just did a talk with the, the Prime Minister, and um, I think Thomas. there's... I mean, obviously, there are three things that need to happen in the Gaza situation. I mean, there's no choice but to kill those who insist on murdering civilians. There's no exactly. choice. Um, they're not going to change their mind. But And then the second thing is to change the, the education so that a new generation of, of murderers is not trained to be murderers. And then, the, and then the third thing, which is also very important, is to try to build prosperity. You know, it is interesting how at a very young age, those kids are taught, and you see it, but they're being taught to immediately try to kill the Jews. All right, let's go with the 48-year-old man pled not guilty. Charged with three counts shooting of the three uh, college students. Are you Jason Eaton? Yes. Shooting suspect Jason Eaton is charged with three counts of attempted second-degree murder. Mr. Eaton enters a not guilty plea to all three counts. Please stop, sir! Authorities say Saturday night, as the 20-year-olds, all of Palestinian descent, were walking down this street, two wearing kafiyas, traditional Arab scarves, the shooter allegedly stepped out from a porch and fired four rounds, injuring all three. One man sustained a spinal injury. Although we do not yet have evidence to support a hate crime enhancement, I do want to be clear that there is no question this was a hateful act. Family members have identified the college students as Tassin Ahmed, Kanan Abdal Hamid, and Hisham Awatani. Two of the men are American citizens, and the third is a legal resident. Police found a pistol and magazine of bullets during a search of the suspect's apartment, which is across the street from the crime scene. ATF tests have since connected that firearm to the casings that were recovered at the scene of the shooting. Rich Price and Roddy Tamimi are uncles of two of the men. Tamimi says he's struggling with the decision to bring his nephew, Kanan, to the U.S. from the West Bank. We figured it would be good for him to be here. It would be safe. We feel shame and betrayal almost in the sense that we sent him here with the hope for all of that and... Something so tragic occurred. Now, one of the three young men has been released from the UVM Medical Center, which you see behind me. The other two, CBS News can report, remain together in the ICU. Meantime, if convicted, the suspect faces 20 years to life in prison, Nora, on each of the three counts he faces. Um, not the toughest case for the police to solve, doesn't seem well thought out either. The guy walks out and shoots three guys that are walking down the street in front of his apartment building. Meanwhile, there are new questions tonight about when the remaining Americans will be released. And that's one of the reasons Secretary of State Antony Blinken will travel to the Middle East. We have just learned that America's top diplomat will visit Israel, the West Bank and the United Arab Emirates later this week. CBS's Ed O'Keefe is at the White House. Tonight, the White House is applauding the deal to extend the pause in fighting in Gaza for two days. Senior officials spoke to the Qatari Prime Minister, who's a lead in the negotiations, four times today, hoping to prolong the ceasefire, get additional hostages out, and let humanitarian aid in. Another two days, I mean, my goodness, that gives you the chance for dozens more trucks and tens of thousands of more gallons of fuel that can get into Gaza to people in need. The administration is closely tracking the fate of what it believes are eight or nine Americans still being held hostage in Gaza. The president spoke with the family of the youngest known U.S. captive, four-year-old Abigail Moore Idan, who was released late Sunday. She's now safely in Israel, and we continue to press and expect for additional Americans will be released as well. Meanwhile, American forces in the region remain on heightened alert for more attacks by Iranian-backed militant groups. The most recent came Sunday, when missiles fired from the Houthi-controlled territory inside Yemen landed in the Gulf of Aden near the USS Mason, part of the Eisenhower Strike Group now in the region. 
The Mason had been responding to distress calls from an Israeli-owned tanker that had been briefly seized by five Somali pirates. The Iranian-backed Houthi rebels have seized other vessels in the Red Sea, including an Israeli-linked cargo ship. U.S. officials today didn't rule out striking back. We've responded uh, forcefully against the threats to our forces in Iraq and Syria, and now uh, our forces in the uh, Gulf region, the, the Gulf of Oman, Gulf of Aden. Is striking in Yemen still an option? We will take the steps appropriate to protect our troops and, uh, and our forces uh, in the Middle East region. And while U.S. naval ships face threats in the waters of the Middle East, a defense official tells CBS News that in the last six weeks, U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria have been attacked at least 73 times by drones, rockets, and close-range ballistic missiles. Nora? Why are we not doing anything? I don't understand that in any way. You certainly don't hear a lot about that. You don't hear a lot about it, I'll tell you that much, at the protests. Certainly don't hear anything mention that. So they just keep attacking us. We take it on the chin. You know, it would be part of the strategy to then say to Israel, well, sometimes, you know, you got to just kind of absorb the hit. That seems to be the strategy within the Biden administration, um, where they're so confident that we're not going to hit back, that they continue to attack and hit us in that manner. I mean, how many attacks? Like, this is ridiculous. Now, you want to talk about discipline? I think you can definitely talk about discipline in the United States, meaning showing discipline by not striking back on them. Because we would certainly, um, I can, I can, I can tell you that if if roles were reverse, do you think they'd be striking back at us? You know they would. So, boy, that situation though, it sounds like it's starting to get under control. Better than it was. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Pop in and see them, whether it's for lunch, nice weather, you can sit outside on the deck, or maybe sit in the dining room, delicious food. Then they also have a great full bar, large dining area, and you're gonna love the lounge. The Lodge Pub and Eatery. People rave about their delicious, consistent, great food, and also the great staff. I'll see you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, everyone is reeling from this shooting that took place in Vermont. One of the students that was shot, Palestinian student, happened to be a student at Brown University. I want to play some of the uh, press briefing, very, very significant press briefing out of Vermont. This is the story that has just shocked the region. Burlington's City Hall. The Saturday evening shooting of three young Palestinian college students visiting Burlington on their holiday break was one of the most shocking and disturbing events in this city's history. This horrific, unprovoked attack was a tragic violation of the values and character of this welcoming, inclusive community. I'm grateful that as a result of a huge coordinated law enforcement response led throughout by the Burlington Police Department that the suspected shooter was off the streets in less than 24 hours and that we were able to announce the arrest of Jason Eaton just after midnight last night so that Burlingtonians were able and relieved to go to school and work this morning knowing that the shooter was in custody. Mr. Eaton has now been arraigned and charged with triple attempted murder, charges that carry the potential for life sentences. This case remains the top priority of the Burlington Police Department. The investigation will continue, as will our collaboration with state and federal partners, to give our prosecutors the strongest case possible and to ensure that Mr. Eaton is held fully accountable for his actions. These law enforcement actions, while outstanding, will not erase the damage done by Saturday night's violence. It is incumbent on all of us to continue supporting the victims, their families, and their communities. We are honored to be joined at this press conference by Rich Price. Rich is a longtime Burlingtonian, and he was hosting the three young men during their visit. 
And he's also the uncle of Hisham Awartani, who was the most seriously injured of the three men. Um, I believe um, we are also joined, although I have not had a chance to meet him directly, we've spoken by phone, but um, I believe uh, Radi Tamimi is either here or on his, on his way. He just flew in from California this morning, and he is the uncle of Kanan Abdul Hamid. Rich, and I hope you'll share this with Roddy if I don't get a chance to directly. I am so sorry that this terrible event happened to your nephews here in Burlington. Thank you for your collaboration and coordination, Rich, throughout this ordeal, including the conversations that we had yesterday. And please know that the city is going to continue to do all that we can to support you and your loved ones during their recovery. We're going to get a chance to hear directly from Rich in, in a minute. I hope that Burlington's Palestinian, Arab, and Muslim communities see in today's prompt arrest the city's commitment to justice and to keeping all members of our community safe. I have been and will continue to be in communication with Muslim leaders about how Burlington can support their communities through this time of war and high international tension. I want to thank you, Chief Murad, and the hardworking and skilled Detective Bureau led by Lieutenant Mike Belvo for once again bringing a shooting investigation to a prompt resolution. Your quick and forceful actions over a holiday weekend on the heels of the push you've been making to solve the November 12th double homicide speaks to the commitment and the character of the Burlington Police Department. I'm grateful, Chief Murad, also for your leadership creating the Chittenden County Gun Violence Task Force more than one year ago as we experienced a spike in gun violence this community has never experienced before. As you will hear in a moment when Chief Murad reviews the steps that led to the arrest of Mr. Eaton, that task force of local, state, and federal partners, including critically both the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, as well as the FBI, responded immediately to the shooting and played a critical role in the events leading to the arrest. This task force has become an invaluable part of our response to serious events at a time when we and so many other law enforcement agencies are understaffed. I'm also very grateful to State's Attorney Sarah George for working deep into the night last night to secure search warrants and bring forward charges. Thank you, Sarah, for your partnership and leadership. And finally, I am grateful that U.S. Attorney Nicholas Karras is here with us. Not only has the U.S. Attorney been extremely supportive throughout this event, the federal government has provided enormous technical resources and law enforcement capacity throughout and I have received direct support from the White House and the Department of Homeland Security as well as we navigated this unprecedented event. In fact, um, one of the reasons that this event got, this press conference got started a little bit late is that I just had an extended phone call with President Biden. It was my honor to thank the President for his leadership and caring for our community and for the victims of this terrible crime, and it was also my honor to make clear to him the critical role that federal partners have played in securing this quick arrest. We are very fortunate to have dedicated public servants working in the federal government who are committed to holding shooters accountable for gun violence despite the enormous barriers in the law and regulations uh, that they face in trying to conduct that mission. Again, folks, this is um, in Vermont very, uh, they still don't have, I don't believe, troubled guy, had a handgun, sees these three college students minding their own business, walking by them, doesn't say any, anything, and then just opens fire on them. And uh, obviously a story that has uh, rocked the region, especially one of the students is a student at Brown University. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. At Med Urgent Care, walk-in urgent care center, all your medical needs, they're open seven days a week, doctors and nurses, two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue 
in Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center, 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. Again, they're open seven days a week at Med Urgent Care. When you need urgent care without the wait now, when I've been in that situation and I needed urgent care, that's where I went. If you want to go to an emergency room and have a long wait, well, you're free to do that. Otherwise, do what I did. Go to at Med Urgent Care, whether it's work-related, maybe someone's not feeling well, someone needs stitches, whatever it may be, at Med Urgent Care, comprehensive outpatient urgent care facility. There's two locations, one near you, Johnston, right in the Atwood Medical Center, and also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich. That's right across from Felicia's. When you need, and I need urgent care, you want AtMed Urgent Care. Again, two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston in the Atwood Medical Center, and 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich. Seven days a week, doctors and nurses, AtMed Urgent Care. It's Christmas time at PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Christmas season is underway. Fraser Fir Trees, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown, Rhode Island's number one garden center. Potted live trees, custom handmade wreaths, 10 inch to even 60 inches in sizes. Think how, think how great that would look outside your business. They have Christmas swag, mistletoe, hanging baskets, roping, cut greens, decorative pots, cemetery baskets, Christmas crafts, gift certificates are available at PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Look for them on Facebook. Florist quality poinsettias. They also have custom-made sleds from a local artist. Firewood is available. Pick up a delivery. They're open every single day now right through Christmas Eve. Look for them on Facebook. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center this Christmas season. Stop it and see them. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Now, remember, you can always listen online at that website, DePietro.com. Joining right now, it's time for Four Stories with Donna Perry, who's one of my siblings. And DJ, I want to just start off. Um, it's interesting you know, there's obviously still a lot of talk and rumors that, you know, maybe President Biden would step aside. It hasn't seemingly wanted to do it just yet. But then waiting in the wings, you don't see a lot of people stepping forward saying, boy, that VP Harris would make a great president. And then you have something very unique, which is the governor of California, Governor Newsom. He's going to debate on the Sean Hannity program against Governor DeSantis. This right. Week. I'm just curious your thoughts on this. Harris Newsom kind of both lurking in the distance. Yes. And good to be with you, John. Um, you know, it is interesting. And I think um, with all the news coming out of Israel uh, and the, and the war that some of this is a little bit um, bubbling up on the side and, and what happens in my view in some, in this kind of an instance, I think there are some of the political operatives for, what Biden himself knew some and maybe taking advantage of that, John, because I, yeah. I just think, look, um, Biden's team is aware they're professionals. They have been doing this a long time. They read polls. So they have a, a slightly underwater main candidate president, as we know, and then they have this very unpopular vice president. Um, and there is a lot of polling, I think that shows them that, you know, there could be people, the simple reason is, well, if something happens to Biden, this is kind of taking on life of its own. Something happens to Biden, she emerges as president. I don't like that team. Um, and I think Newsom has has done a lot to keep the uh, confusion going, like, will he or won't he? So, right. you know, where these two could come down. I also pointed out to you, I think we talked about this before. Remember, you know, in any political rivalry, these two are both prominent California-based politicians, Harris and Newsom. That's right. And yep. I think that's a it is a, an important point to remember because those kinds of things happen where they, you know, number one, they might know each other's, you know, baggage that nobody wants yeah. that out. Uh, 
Good point. Um, and I think she probably is a little fear, fearful of him on that way. But, you know, he has certainly had, I would say, you know, a bit of a stormy run of California. So I, I just think that there is there is something to this isn't just speculation, especially the latest right reporting on that. Um, and I just think that, you know, there's trial balloon stuff going on, especially with Newsom's camp. I think he they are trying to do that. They're trying to, you know, run it out there, John, just enough to maybe get a poll, like get get a few of, um, you know, the platform political guys to run up a poll after he debates. This is a lot of why they do this, right? Because they yeah. you go on a Sean Hannity, which, by the way, we know is a massive audience. Yes. And I think they're trying to decipher would independents who feel exhausted, which I uh, by Trump. And I think that that is that's not always shown through in the polls. But I think there is plenty of Republican type of people who are kind of exhausted by him um, and they want to see, like, would they be open to him? Now, you'd say, well, why would they go over to a Democrat? But you also may have more conservative Democrats who who would have originally gone for a Biden and now think the guy is too old, feeble. They don't want him in there when he's going to be turning 85 and 86. That's right. So we shall see. But I think it's Harris's game to lose. And and she I'll just say this. I, I find it striking that she she doesn't seem, John, to do anything to change her tone, change her style. Right. Like I don't see any attempt to, as they say, some politicians, oh, let me sort of rebrand or reintroduce myself. Folks, again, we're speaking with Donna Perry. And DJ, let's talk about the governor of Massachusetts, uh, Maury sure. Healy, that certainly is having problems with th- this is ridiculous how all these illegals, even though they're called the migrants, are overflowing right. the homeless shelters. But it, she's not stopping there. No. So this. This is the, the newest thing that is now bubbling up. So she, John, number one, Massachusetts, she has put out the sign that says, please come, right? So, sure. you know, they are now running these migrant work clinics. Now, let, let's, you know, kind of play this out how this is supposed to work. Part of this is because she is now really caught in a tough spot. Winter is right on our doorstep. The coldest temperatures yeah. Um, the state does have like a lot of states. You have a lot, a lot of percentage of very highly dependent people. They have nowhere else to go. They need to be in the state shelter system, certainly in the dead of winter. Um, and you also have just mothers and children who end up in criminal situations or, or, you know, they need to get away from someone. They need a shelter. So now the shelters have been, they, she allowed this to first happen that you have, um, and they are illegals. I'm not going to buy into call them migrants. A lot of them, you know, right. they are illegal. She's trying to say everyone who came is legal. I think that's ludicrous. Um, no one totally is asking ridiculous. her to prove that. That can't be true. So, you know, they have a big, she has a big problem on her hands because they have now allowed people to be in the shelters. Now, can she turn around and just kick them out? And then what does that mean? So the work clinics is this sort of new strategy um, where they're, you know, they are at least pretending that that you have a lot of people who have no idea of their language ability, right, Um, skills or anything else. And so they're staging these. I think a little bit of it is PR and they're staging like a work clinic. You're trying to match any you know you have hundreds and hundreds of these you know people are here and again may have no english language and they're trying to say well they can be matched up to a job now first of all as i say if if these are the people by the way these are the people who are in the shelters so they somehow get over the border and if you are you know steaming your way up the eastern seaboard to massachusetts the second or third most expensive state in the country, by the way, yeah. um, to, to really live in. You're only here because you think, John, you're going to get a free ride, right? Like right. why else would they come to the most one of the most expensive states? So the idea that they're really ready and equipped to now start a job and what, get a condo? Like it, none of it makes really any sense, John. Like, and, and no. that's the problem. She's in a corner they're trying to empty some of the migrants out of those shelters. Winter, as they say, is now, is coming. 
Um, and so they're really in, in this kind of corner. So they are, you know, carrying on like this. Um, again, she's, she is telling the media they're not all, they're, they're all legal. Well, Again, what <laughs> if they were, yeah. then I don't know if you're a legal person and you had the means to come in the country. Why are you living in a, you know, you drop your children and yourself in a, you know, in a shelter in a very tough neighborhood of, I don't know, South Boston. So it, it, none right. of it makes sense. And now she's really in this corner. So they're doing these, quote, work clinics. Um, not sure where this is going to go, but she really does need some you know, way to figure out of the corner that she's in. So we, we shall see, but that is, I think it's, you know, only caught on to a lot of Massachusetts residents in the past, maybe month or so, John, that this is actually a very ballooning problem. Yes. Folks, quick break, much more ahead. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro show. J Perry paving, high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Call today for a free estimate serving Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. 401-732-1730. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. Why not get your driveway paved? Maybe your parking lot. J. Perry Paving. Licensed and insured contracted company committed to meeting their clients' needs no matter how big, how small. Hey, learn about the benefits of asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new paving project, just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed what a difference it'll make for your home for your business with j perry paving call them today free quote 401-732-1730 401-732-1730 look for them on facebook they're also online and remember no one is better with veterans than j perry paving if you're a veteran or related to one they have a special package designed for you will be the most cost-efficient way to get your driveway paved or your business. J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. We're speaking with an independent columnist, opinion maker, it's Donna Perry. DJ, some um, situations in the schools, starting with what is your reaction? It's a horrifying video. These students at a, a Queens High School chasing a teacher who appeared at a pro-Israel, you know, rally. And, you know, what a difference, by the way, the contrast. The Israel, you know, they were always done tastefully and candlelight vigils and then the other. But the students doing that. And then I just think the story of this professor in USC, how they targeted him, took his words out of context. He's, He's Jewish. He was saying Hamas, they should all be killed. They flipped the video on him saying that, he was saying all Palestinians should be killed. That's that's not what he said. He's now barred from campus. The students want him fired. I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on what's going on about the, the high schools and uh, the colleges. Look, um, to start with the high school, um, to, to John, it was chilling. It's chilling to read that, that in yeah. this day and age, it, uh, anyone who just has no sense of history needs to get it. Because if that is not shades of Nazi Germany in the run-up to the Holocaust. I'm sorry, I'm not being too dramatic. It is. She was hiding in a closet or a locked room. And these are teenagers that were like incensed. I'm sorry, that that is a mob that was looking to do violence against a person. There's no other way to say it. Um, it, It should shame on the schools who was running these schools, what is being taught. So obviously it starts at the high school level and, you know, it's going up to the college level. First of all, that is absolutely shameful. And I'd like to see more forceful denunciation, by the way, where the governor of New York, I don't care which borough or some Queens high school, they got schools all over the place, you know. Um, I think you should have really forceful um, denunciation of this. And Chuck Schumer you know, um, always counting where his own polls are. I'm sorry, who is a Jewish American? He should be pounding a podium about that situation. What's going on at the colleges, um, and and I do want to say all the colleges, and now, you know, Brown University, to be on the hot seat like this, which is a place they're very much not used to. um, I, I think that 
uh, what the students have done there. And that was a very slippery thing. And I, and we'll get into that where, you know, where the, that you have a, um, it was almost like a pro-Palestinian group, but they are Jewish students that made up a very small minority and they trying to represent like, oh, this is the Jewish students at Brown point of view. Right. You yes. know, um, and I, I will say of all the years, John, and you've been around the Rhode Island Providence media, you know, long time. And, and it is very notable to me um, in my years where I was in Rhode Island to see, I don't think we've ever seen Brown, which is a very revered institution, I might just say, obviously is an Ivy League, but within Rhode Island. Um, yep. And to see um, people at the level of, you know, when Mark Patinkin did the column. And then M yeah. I, I want to, you know, throw a compliment, M. Charles Bax, you know, who covered uh, decades of, you know, is really kind of uh, notable, obviously, for all his years as like the prominent political writer of the time. Um, who, but who was also a prominent member of the Jewish community of the East yes. side of Providence, as, as far as I understand. And, you know, yep. good for him. And they're like speaking out and, and they are, what is happening at Brown. And it is a microcosm of what's going on in these campuses. So, you know, you have the other student in the Hillel student group, John, which those are on campuses like everywhere. It's like a network for Jewish students on campuses and good for that girl speaking out. She talked to Mark Patinkin and Bax is trying to draw attention to it. And she said, Hey, wait a minute. That was this other thing of the students are, Oh, they are really pro, you know, let's help Gaza. She said, that is not what's going on. And she has come right out and said, Jewish students on the Brown campus are facing fierce anti-Semitism right now. Um, and when you see college students, John, online saying things like, maybe you should go back to Europe, um, yeah. that's real anti-Semitism hatred. Um, mm. it, it really is. And, and I would just say those two prominent Providence Journal, you know, um, journalists, Mark Patinkin and the, the great retired M. Charles Bax, good for them. You know, they're trying to give a voice to this. This is very, to me, should be very disturbing to the Brown larger community and a lot of prominent alum. Um, something has gone very wrong there. If, if you have a majority of students who think that's okay, um, and, and John, to, like they are celebrating Hamas in, in a lot of their yes, They statements. are in... I think it also speaks to Donna Perry, the, the current state of the Providence Journal, where Mark Patinkin, to his credit, put out that column, uh, Baxt, who's long retired, yep. you know, commended him on it. But the current crop of reporters they have right now, let's face it, since Ed Acorn left, they don't have the editorial board. The current crop of reporters now is they're more activists yes. and they're actually more in line with the <laughs> protesters. So I was just happy yeah. that Mark did that because I had been saying, the coverage that I put, they've done this stuff of, you know, to honor our martyrs and Ugh. which is paying, you know, and the whole thing of referring to October 7th as the resistance. And I, I really believe this caught the local media off guard because they didn't know how to report. Did, yeah. So what do they do? They they didn't report on it. Yeah. But it's it's right there. You know, it would be much easier for them if they were wearing MAGA hats and had swastikas but it's not it's it's ivy league it's RISD as well and and they they're you it can only be interpreted one way finally donna perry um before I, we're out of time i am just curious you know i still hear the media saying you know 49 days or 48 days to iowa and uh you know nikki haley's having her moment but we've been hearing that for six months I just, I still don't see the polls moving away from the former president. It, it is remarkable, John. And, and actually, yeah. when you see that, I mean, I, I get caught off guard. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's under 50 days. Like, you know, yeah. it, it's, it becomes a runaway train. And as you say, um, I, I think you have more almost like liberal reporters are like, you know, cheering on Nikki Haley um, in a way, you know, and, she is kind of not a fresh face, but she's certainly, you know, I think making a great presentation right now, but yep. the polls do tell that other story. Um, I think as each month of the winter plays out, 
Uh, I will say this. If the media thinks any of his legal troubles has moved the needle one inch nope. with the base, that's not true. It's not. So, no. right, it closes in. We shall see. I, I just, and I think with world events, what they are, the attention is, is a little bit right now slipped from that, you know, right? Like, as it might not be, but, you know, you have this major world event going on. And if anything, the the, the GOP having another debate, the primary right now, John, it's kind of like, you know, it's at the not at the front of the news. It's really not. Folks, again, she is independent columnist, opinion maker. It is Donna Perry. DJ, great job as always. And we will talk to you again. Great. Okay. Do you need a good plumber? I found the best plumber. JMB Plumbing. Call them today. All your plumbing needs. 401 743-9153. JMB Plumbing. They've been providing plumbing services for years. Skilled professionals stand behind their work. Guarantee you will be happy. Maybe it's repairing damaged water pipes, repair clogged pipelines, maybe replace a, a water heater, as well as all your plumbing needs. Call them now. It's JMB Plumbing, 401 743 9153. Nothing throws off your life or your home or your business. When you need plumbing service, you need someone reliable, someone who's professional, someone who'll handle the job and do it right. It's JMB Plumbing. Call them today, 401 743 9153. JMB Plumbing. And look for them on Facebook. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Well, <clears throat> there's been an arrest now with this individual involved with the shooting. Brown student, two others in Vermont. So apparently, over the course of the weekend, this individual just went up to these three different people. Now, granted, they're Palestinians, but, I mean, they're in Vermont, and... I believe Channel 12 has the latest on this. The suspect in the shooting of three men of Palestinian descent. Student from Brown among the victims. 12 News reporter Jake Holter, live in Providence right now with the latest on this investigation. Well, Patrick and Kate, police in Burlington have identified the suspect as 48-year-old Jason Eaton. Now, authorities have reportedly collected evidence from his apartment, and he's expected to be arraigned in court later today. Now, in the meantime, Brown University has confirmed to 12 News that one of its students is among the victims of this shooting. Brown identifying the student as Hisham Awartani, a junior at the school. He was shot Saturday night in Burlington near the University of Vermont campus. Burlington police say the group was walking down the street when a white man approached them, firing off four rounds. Police say the suspect then fled the scene. Officials say two of the victims were wearing kafias at the time of the shooting. So police are investigating whether the students were targeted because of their Arab heritage. Awartani's uncle speaking out. The truth of the matter is these are three Arab-looking young men wearing kafias, which are sort of traditional Palestinian scarves, speaking Arabic, walking down the street. It, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's certainly a strong possibility, and we shudder at the thought that this might be a hate crime. Now, the university president says while the student remains hospitalized, he is expected to survive. A vigil was held in Burlington last night for the shooting victims. And tonight, a vigil for peace and healing will take place here at Brown University to try to bring the community together. That is scheduled for 4.30 tonight. For now, live in Providence, Jake Holter, 12 News. You know, it sure sounds like it is, uh, without question. Over the course of the weekend, Mark Patinkin wrote, a piece about the anti-Semitism problem in Providence. Someone finally is talking about it. But then you also have this story. It's in the L.A. Times. A Jewish professor at USC confronted pro-Palestinian students. He's now barred from campus. So until recently, USC professor John Strauss, known mostly for his research on the economics of developing countries, field work in Indonesia and China, so he's a Jewish professor, and that changed November 9th. He stopped before students staging a walkout. 
and a protest calling for a ceasefire at the Gaza Strip. And uh, so this guy is walking past them. And he goes into his class. And then when he comes out, this is interesting. He's talking about Hamas. And he said, I, I, listen, they, they, I, I hope they're all killed. So these students go up and instead they they post that he's claiming that he wants all Palestinians killed. Where on the tape, that's that's not what he said. He was the, the students. One of them yelled shame on you to him prior to this. And he responded like, well, shame on you. But instead, you know, he's under fire and they collected signatures demanding that he be that he be fired. They had 9000 um, signing, you know, now they're all doing petitions about this. And what it really comes to, though, is these students purposely misled and misrepresented what this man, he's a professor, what his comments were. And then you also realize how quickly it can rocket. So when they posted it, oh, wow, look at that. He's saying all Palestinians should be killed. That, you know, and you can imagine then there's a, a, a reaction, a very volatile reaction, as a matter of fact, where then they, they start... Uh, going after the guy but that that was by deny uh, by design and there's one usc student and she's a female only wants to go by her first name um and then she says say it again for the camera now again the man was talking to them to the students and said i i, I just think hamas should be destroyed and every single one of the terrorists and they they should be killed so he stops he's talking to them he's a professor leaving his class and says you people are ignorant and you know as they start to engage him he says hamas are murderers that's all they are everyone should be killed i hope they are all killed but instead the student records the everyone should be killed i hope they're all killed and then posted online look what this man is saying about all palestinians now that's not what he was saying about palestinians but they don't care they don't care what they do to him they don't care what they do to his his life and then suddenly the university says well we we would appreciate if you if you don't you know come to the campus so this individual i don't even know why they they're just identifying her by one name not both names um he's claiming that they were that they were doctored they were edited and it certainly seems to be edited or clipped in a deceptive manner so but it's it's more of leaving by something leaving it out and just trimming it to a few seconds of him saying everyone should be killed that's that's the the part about it that puts this in a different atmosphere is it it was purposely done to be misleading it was purposely done to put out that every one of them should be killed when in essence he was was talking about the terrorists the members of hamas so and then first this group clarified he did not say he wanted Palestinians to be killed, but Hamas. Then they walked it back. <laughs> With this hateful rhetoric, you can draw your own conclusion about whether or not he wished death just upon Hamas or civilians as well. So as a result of that, see, but they don't care. They don't care what's accurate. They don't care what they do to this guy's life. It's not about that. Um, in hindsight, this man, who's a professor at on a college campus would have been better off not engaging them not saying anything and just going about his day and then they make an example out of someone like that because that's really what their design is to make an example and intimidate people folks you're listening to the john DePietro show <laughs>
AJ, drywall, plaster, home improvement. Call them today for a free quote. You can also find them on Facebook, 401-323-9252. 323-9252, AJ, drywall, plasters, home improvement, frame to finish basements. What a difference it'll make in your basement. Acoustic ceilings. Look how beautiful your ceiling could be. New homes, additions. Also, commercial rehabs, painting, remodeling. Contact them today. It's a family-run business. AJ Drywall Plaster Home Improvements. Call for a free quote. What a difference they'll make in your home, your ceilings, floors, basements. 401-323-9252. What a difference. Beautiful walls and ceilings. 401-323-9252. You can also find them on Facebook. It's AJ Drywall Plaster and home improvements for your home or business. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Let's go with some of the Sunday morning political shows this week talking about the Republican primary. I agree with the panelists saying as much as everyone seems to think this would be fun if it was competitive right now, there's no evidence to show that this race is anything remotely close on the Republican side to competitive. ...have raised their hand and said, with the exception of Chris Christie, who just had on, and said that they would accept Donald Trump as the nominee of their party and support him again, including Nikki Haley, who said that. And that's the problem. Many of these Republicans are running to be trump light. They want to um, be a typical candidate like Donald Trump. Look at Mr. DeSantis. In tone and policy, he's like Donald Trump. I mean, even uh, former Governor Haley, who has been rising in the poll because of her debate performances, she has also tried to shy away from attacking Donald Trump because at the end of the day, if those Trump voters start to peel off, they want to capture them. So this is... Again, a race for number two. Well, number it, one is Donald Trump. Let's I mean, that's just what be I was honest. Trying. He probably likes the fact that I called him number one. <laughs> well, but the fact Although of the matter... his ma- opponents have raised their hand. The, the fact of the matter is um, they, they try... Christie's nowhere attacking him. Why would you attack him? It's not working. It's not working at all. Uh, it's doing just the opposite. And DeSantis is not the big candidate that they thought he was going to be. He's he's simply not the candidate that they thought, even though he did have the money. Now they're trying to say Nikki Haley. There's no one. Are they doing better? Yeah, they're doing better, but they're not eclipsing President Trump. Let's hear more from this week. You can see it's almost like there was one assignment editor at all the uh, major <laughs> newspapers. You know, Nikki Haley consolidating the never Trump vote. Could Haley really beat Trump? Donors are daring to dream. Wall Street eyes Nikki Haley as a Trump spoiler. So... Is this Nikki Haley's moment? (laughs) You know, all these guys, they thought Ron DeSantis might be the one. And Fox News and some of the big donors, they rally around the Florida governor. Remember, just a year ago, coming off of his big re-election victory in Florida, he was touted as, you know, the Trump killer. And he wasn't. And he wasn't. And he turned out to be a paper tiger. He turned out to be a very unappealing candidate. He he made a decision to go to the hard right of Trump's. Uh, He's Trump light, as Donna said, except without the personality. And so Nikki Haley, the numbers don't to me, I mean, Rick is the numbers guy here, but, you know, to me, the numbers don't suggest that she uh, is running for number one so much as number two. I agree with that. And again, she it's all relative. I mean, they is she doing better than she was? Yes. Is she doing better than some people in the field? I guess so. But the fact of the matter is it's it's still it's still not going anywhere. Now, let's go to meet the press. Would DeSantis drop out to clear the way? For Nikki Haley is the question. Trump, he was in South Carolina last night. He was in her state. He's beating her in her state, but she says she can take it. She's very confident, she says, but can she? Well, she's clearly run the best campaign of anybody, not Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. She, has, she has asserted herself in the debates. She has shown herself to be serious and understand the issues. The problem is she's still very far behind, and you have a divided other half of, of, of the party. And I think as long as someone named Ron DeSantis is still in this race, it's very hard for her to get there. Now, Donald Trump is below 50% in Iowa. 
generally in the polls. And you, if an incumbent is below 50%, you typically think of them as vulnerable. And I consider Donald Trump really the incumbent here. The problem is no one has been able to figure out an attack on Donald Trump that sticks. We've had yeah. millions and millions of dollars run on him, and none of them have really worked. If she can figure that out, perhaps, but she's got a long, long way to go. Yeah, she sure does. Simone, you've been in the trenches in campaigns that are underdog campaigns. Do you think Nikki Haley can no. come back? She's had three strong debate performances. Her poll numbers are shooting up, but she's still double digits behind Trump. Yeah, look, I think the fact that there are so many other candidates in the race and the race has not winnowed is something that is not playing to Nikki Haley's advantage. Now, the question is, if Ron DeSantis ends up dropping out, do his voters go to Nikki Haley? And I think the data suggests that they do not. That those mm. voters go to Donald Trump. And so it is probably advantageous for Nikki Haley for Ron DeSantis to continue to stay in this race. I think what's so interesting about her campaign to me is that she's been very clear on a number of things, how she feels. Ukraine, uh, foreign aid, right, uh, the, the deficit, right? But She's a little not as clear about what she thinks when it comes to abortion. And I think you're going to have to get a more concrete answer mm. as it goes on. But we need to create a dynamic where it is not just someone running for second place. And I think that people are dismissing the DeSantis-Haley as who, who's running for second. If DeSantis gets out and it is just truly two candidates, I think that will change the perception of the race. Still a long shot for her to win, but I think that is a necessary thing. And I think all these big dollar donors who are rushing to Nikki Haley also need to be working to get DeSantis to drop. But he's not dropping out. He's not dropping out. He just got the endorsement in Iowa. I, I I don't disagree with what was just laid out, but what's missing about that is he's not dropping out. Um, it it's really become three candidates: President Trump, Ambassador Nikki Haley, and then Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. But right now, Haley and DeSantis are not, and I know Chris Christie's still in it, but he's putting, I'm not even going to use the sound. He, you know, they just have him on this week and he's still claiming he can, New Hampshire's where he's going to make his stand and that's wildly important. I don't, I don't see it. I don't see him connecting. The, the, a campaign can't just be Chris Christie now knocking President Trump and it doesn't seem to be much beyond that. He's another one. When when I when you listen to former Governor Chris Christie, when he would be on uh, this week with Stephanopoulos, I would think he you know he was he was strong, um, knows the nuance of the issues. I mean he obviously you know was competent enough. I think he missed his window in 2012 when Romney ran and he did not run. But I don't see it, and I think he's flat on the debate stage and if anyone's going to even come close to being competitive with president trump i don't think it's not going to be chris christie folks you're listening to the john DePietro show you're listening to the john DePietro show folks i always tout our website just because it has exclusive stories and video it has links to on the scene live stream remember there's no vo uh, vowel i it's d-e-p-e-t-r-o.com dpetro.com you can also reach me that way if you'd like to get in touch with me dpetro.com log on and then links to facebook and youtube everything we have it's all waiting for you right there at the website